So what are the mysteries of the kingdom realm? It is a kingdom that Jesus didn't fully establish when he came to earth. I didn't say established, I said fully established. Because there's a now and a not yet aspect to the kingdom of God. And even the disciples, the very last thing they said to Jesus before he ascended up into heaven, the last thing he, they asked him was, are you going to restore your kingdom? Are you going to restore Israel and the kingdom, the kingdom? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know, but to receive power. My kingdom is not knowledge, it's power. The kingdom of God is the power of the Holy Spirit, righteousness, joy, and the Spirit of God make up the components of God's kingdom. This was a mystery to the Old Testament prophets. They didn't understand that God, that Jesus would come first as a savior and then second as a judge. He's a king. He came as a savior and he came as king, but he didn't come to judge. He even said, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Why would you judge the world? Jesus isn't. That verse is still in effect. We're not in an age of judgment. We're in the age of grace. That's the mystery of the kingdom, that it grows. It's invisible, but it's made visible. It's, it grows incrementally, but it brings fruit. The kingdom is a mystery. God's kingdom realm is now in us. And we have stepped into the kingdom of God, but there's still more. That kingdom is still coming. That's why we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're taught by the Lord to pray for a fuller release of the kingdom, that God's kingdom would fully come. In 1 Peter 1 verse 5, 1 Peter 1 verse 5, there is a salvation you don't even know about yet. I've shared this verse with hundreds and hundreds of pastors, and they look at me like I'm from Venus or something, like I'm from Mars. And they look at that verse. I said, just look at it. You read it over a few times and tell me what it says. First Peter 1.5 says that there is reserved in the last kairos, the last time, there's reserved a salvation that has yet to be revealed. So there is an unveiling coming. There is the, the unwrapping of God's secrets. And one of them is salvation. And here we think we know all about salvation. Believe in Jesus and thou shalt be saved. We don't even have a clue yet what salvation is, let alone the other doctrines of our faith, let alone the other mysteries 27 of them in the New Testament. You see how important it is just to come humbly to the scriptures and say, Lord, teach me. 1 Peter 1.5, my friend, there is a sozo that is, listen to this. Here's the Greek text. It's ready to be apocalypsis. <laughs> it's the same word as the title of the last book of the Bible. I wonder if the book of Revelation holds the key to that ready-to-be-revealed secret. It's ready to be revealed when you are ready to receive it. 
And when you're ready to receive it, it will come swiftly. Wow, that's for another day. But there's some insights in that verse for you. We've got two mysteries so far. We have the mystery of God, the transcendence of God, that unless he revealed himself, we would never know him. We could never know anything about him because he's, in a, he's a different being. He is eternal, immortal, invisible. He's not a man. He doesn't have a body. If it talks about the hand of the Lord or the face of the Lord or the eyes of the Lord, that's an anthropomorphism. It is a putting it in human terms so that we can glimpse into the realm of deity. God doesn't have eyes or hands. He's spirit, friends. He doesn't have a body. Christ came as God incarnate, but God, the eternal, is disembodied. Just that's a mystery. That'll keep you up tonight wondering about that one. God can be everywhere at the same time. Isn't that amazing? God knows all things from beginning to end before he ever puts a plan in place. He already has every single detail and option understood. Wow. So the mysteries of God and the second is the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Here's the third one. Let's cover this quickly if we can. It's found in Romans 11, 25, and 26. Romans 11, 25 to 26, and it's the mystery of Israel. The partial blindness that has come upon Israel. This mystery is so important that you understand this. My beloved brothers and sisters, I want to share with you a mysterium, a mystery, a secret concerning Israel's future. Listen. For understanding this mystery will keep you from thinking you already know everything. <laughs> a partial and temporary hardening to the gospel or blindness has come over Israel. The partial and temporary hardening to the gospel. Let's take the word partial. It's partial because there's Jews that believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you watching, you may be Jewish. Hey, you believe in Yeshua. He's the Messiah. God bless you. We embrace you. We love you. It's partial because some Jews do believe. And it's temporary because the day will come when all will believe. A nation will be born in a day. And all Israel will be saved. And the Messiah will unveil himself and lift the blindness from off Israel's heart. And they will come streaming, streaming. The great last day's revival is Israel-focused. It's for Israel. And what happens to us, the goyim, the Gentiles, the church, the bride, is to make them jealous, is to make them hungry for what we have. <laughs> we go to Israel every year, and I sure hope you'll come with us, passionandfire.com slash Israel. We have a few seats open still. And it's so exciting when we worship in the hotels, and we worship on site, different places, out in the open. Our precious Jewish friends, they're drawn to the spirit, the anointing on the worship. And I always pray, Lord, let it be that some of them come to know you, even because they see Gentiles worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Israel has a calling and a destiny. And it says that this temporary hardening has come over Israel, which will last, how long? Listen, it'll last until the fullness of the Gentiles, or literal, or what you we would say the full number of Gentiles 
has come in to God's family. And God knows when that full number has come, what, 5 billion or 4.6 billion, however many he knows. If he numbers your hairs, he numbers, believe me, the souls of his flock. And when the full number of we Gentiles coming into the kingdom of God, when we come to Christ and we reach that full quota, whatever that is, God is going to lift the veil off of Israel, and they're going to realize that they crucified their Messiah. Wow. And then God will bring all of Israel to salvation. The prophecy will be fulfilled that says, coming from Zion, that's us, coming out of the Zion realm, we're the Zion company. Coming from Zion will be the Savior. Aha. And he will turn Jacob away from evil, for this is my covenant promise with them when I forgive their sins. And there's much more of that mystery here in Romans 9 to 11, but let's go on. So we have now, we've got, what do we have? We've got three mysteries. We have the mysteries of God. We have the mysteries of the kingdom. And we have the mysteries of Israel. The fourth is the mystery of the gospel. That's found in Romans 16. Just turn a few more chapters. Romans 16, 25 to 26. All praises and glory to the one who has more than enough power to make you strong and keep you steadfast through the promises found in my gospel. That is the proclamation of Jesus, the anointed one. This wonderful news includes the unveiling of the mystery. The unveiling of the mystery kept secret from the dawn of creation until now. This mystery is understood through the prophecies of the scripture and by the decree of the eternal God. And it is now heard openly by all the nations igniting within them a deep commitment of faith. That's the mysteries of the gospel. Friends, the good news, the wonderful news of Jesus Christ is a mystery. Salvation is a mystery. How God could take a bleeding man on a cross, and from that bloody scene, bring billions of people into the kingdom of God, into salvation's glory. By looking to him, it's like the serpent on a pole. Jesus is like a serpent of brass on a pole, on a stake, on a cross. And we look and live. To look and live is all the gospel is. You look at the cross and you believe it was for you and you live for eternity. You live with the glory of God surging into your heart. That's the good news. That's the mystery of the gospel. Paul's longing was to proclaim that mystery wherever he went. Are you proclaiming it? Are you receiving it? Are you letting it shine through your heart? The mystery of the gospel. Wow. Truth is brought out into the open by the gospel revelation. He's making it known to the nations, it says here in Romans 16. The gospel is powerful and mysterious. Why is it a mystery? Because God hid this gospel. He hid it from previous generations. Friends, Moses didn't have the good news that we have. Elijah did not have the good news that you have right now, the wonderful news of a Savior. The gospel was hidden in the heart of God. It was a secret that he revealed at the right moment of human history in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, verse 4, the fullness of time, 
God sent his son. And he waited until that exact moment in human history when the Savior was born to bring life and glory and the wonderful gospel to this planet. Yeah, it's a mystery. But now we can display it publicly. We are blessed with the mystery of the gospel. Just because you can spell gospel doesn't mean you understand it. <laughs> there is a mystery wrapped inside of a mystery inside of the gospel that God is inviting you to step in and examine and pursue that glory. Paul in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, Paul asked for prayer that he would have boldness to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. It takes boldness to proclaim it in 2023, doesn't it? And Paul said, pray for me. Pray for me that I would have boldness to present and proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. Not just proclaim the gospel, the mysteries that it contains. Wow. Oh, my. There's so much in that. So even for the church, it was a dramatic revelation. It's dramatic for the early disciples and the first century believers, that the Messiah didn't come just for Israel. He came for the whole world. They were stunned when Jesus sent them to go into all the world. Wait, I thought this was for us, the Jewish flock. Jesus said, no, this gospel is for all the world. It's an all-inclusive gospel. Go to everyone, everywhere, and tell them the good news. Your sins can be forgiven. Come to Jesus Christ and be set free. Oh, my. This truth had been hinted at in the Old Testament, but none of the prophets accurately saw it. Not one. One would have a piece. Another would have another piece. But nobody understood the gospel until Paul revealed it. That's why he called it my gospel. It was a revelation that God gave to Paul. Nine of these mysteries that we're discussing, nine of them, Paul reveals. Only one, Jesus revealed, the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, 11. But nine of these, Paul reveals. Wow. So this apostolic voice of Paul was powerful. Let's do mystery number five. You ready? Are you sitting down for this one? This mystery is marriage. Yeah. Marriage is a mystery. If you don't know that, you're not on planet Earth. Marriage is a divine mystery. It's beautiful. It's God-ordained. But it's puzzling at the same time. That two can actually become one. Physically, yes. But emotionally, spiritually, marriage on Earth is a prophecy of the bride of Christ being joined to her beloved, her bridegroom, Jesus. This is why marriage is sacred, because it portrays a mystery. It portrays the bride of Christ, the heart of the Savior for his bride. The Song of Songs is a mystery. It's not good for the Son of Man to be alone, and he's chosen you to be that look-alike partner, full of radiance and hope and glory, fit for a king. That's who you are. That's your destiny. Your destiny is not to make it to Friday. Your destiny is to be forever the bride of Jesus Christ. Wow. That is a mystery. Marriage is a picture of two becoming one. That's God's mathematics. Two equals one. 
in God's eyes. Actually, three can equal one, two, can it? 